0: One. good morning good afternoon and good evening depending on what time you're listening to this welcome to another quarantine lockdown special edition episode of two brown Too furious uh, we are uh in our retro drifting series again uh this week uh looking back at films over the last 10 to 15 years that we found to be interesting and wanted to revisit to see if they have held up uh, the test of time. Uh, with me, as always, is my co-host Akil and uh, with us is actually our first-time special guest. Uh, so, Kiel, if you would, to, if you want to do the honors of introducing our guest, uh, yeah. So,
1: today, so uh, yeah, we're, our podcast is so big enough now that we we can have guests. Uh, I think that's what happens when you get like over 12 people listening. You're allowed to have a guest on. So uh, we invited, (laughs) uh, my longtime friend, uh, Ben to join us. Um, now, uh, you know, what, whereas Shams and I just like to like talk about movies, Ben, uh, does some of this stuff, uh, both, uh, professionally and, um, you know, uh, as a creative activity. So, uh, uh, we are hopeful that that Ben can be a uh, part of the conversation and uh, and you know tell us some things that maybe we we don't know because uh, like he uh, he was explaining to me what a focus puller was when we were <laughs> watching. That was uh, that was a, a neat experience. Uh, so uh, so yeah, uh, and now we're going to talk about District Nine. Yes, it
2: is me. I am the guest, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm coming. Not only is all that stuff true. But I'm coming to you from Los Angeles, California, where they make the movies. And uh, look
0: at that, we're coast to coast officially now.
2: Yeah, that's
0: true. Yeah, Yeah. because I'm yeah I'm I'm in the Northeast, and so we are now officially a coast to coast show. Yeah, so you
2: you've gotten to the point where you can have big name Hollywood guests (laughs) on, on the show. So good job by you uh,
0: that, that i'm going to put that in the title i'm going to say two brown twofers featuring big name hollywood guests right <laughs> the, official, the official title of this episode. <laughs> um, but without further ado as a mentioned, uh, oh, uh to the today the episode the movie we are focusing on in the retro drifting series is district 9 uh, neil Blomkoff's uh 2009 sci-fi uh, sci-fi action film if you want to call it that um, I think it's mostly just sci-fi drama but it does have action in it um, uh, it came out in the uh, summer of 2009 and August of oh nine, and it was shocking uh, pretty massive success, su- uh, success uh, successful film commercially uh, made over $200 million at the box office worldwide based off a $30 million budget uh, which is uh, very strong um, and it was, it was released actually in a pretty crowded and competitive summer. So the fact that it managed to be successful, an original film to be so successful, uh, in the summer, summer blockbuster competition is quite an impressive feat. And honestly, if I look, look back over the last kind of 10 to 15 years, it's probably one of the more impressive original summer blockbuster runs.
1: Um, yeah, not, not made in Hollywood, you know, um, uh, and, um, an R rating too, with a late summer release.
0: Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, um, and it, yeah, it made 115 million just in U.S. alone. So uh, it would have made it would have it would have um, made back its budget just from its domestic run, but it, it did just as well overseas. Um, so it was. A very and Inglorious Bastards, I think, came out the weekend before it. So it had pretty tough competition specifically for that kind of young adult male demographic that it was aiming for. So uh, quite an impressive run commercially. Um I remember seeing this. Akeel uh actually I'll ask Ben first. Ben, uh, do you remember the first time you uh saw this film?
2: Yes, I was about <laughs> a lad. Um
1: <laughs> we all were, yeah.
2: No, I mean, wait. What you're saying? This came out in 2009, so I would have been in. No, this would have been right after college for me. Okay. Um, I, I remember seeing this in the movie theater. Uh, with my sister, and my memory, my main memory of that um experience was that I had never seen anybody have as, like, physical a reaction to the movie as she had for, like, the last half (laughs) of the movie when it looked like the primary alien characters were in peril. She was like, if one of them were to be killed, I think she would have just, like, exploded. She was just, like, (laughs) jumping at everything and, like, curling into a ball and whimpering. And it was like it was, a, it was an amazing performance that I've never seen before. Since um, I also I also remember liking the movie
0: <laughs> that too. <you> know. <laughs> in addition yeah. to watching your sister's performance, you liked the actual performances in the right. um, uh Yeah, I think Akhil and I had a similar. Uh, Did we see it together? Yeah, we. W- I, I'm ba- I'm pretty sure we I know we saw Glorious together and this came. out I would assume after.
1: so based on the timing uh, of when it was released. So and, I know we uh, saw Glorious and
0: it came out the week after, so I feel confident that we did. Um, and I'm pretty sure because I'm pretty sure we saw it on, if we saw we also saw it at midnight when they used to have midnight, yeah probably when they used to have that's midnight screenings. Oh for, uh, yes, uh,
1: when, and when when that's the type of thing that was appealing yeah. uh, to me.
0: yeah when it was appealing and it was yeah it was something that was worthwhile doing so i believe we saw it together and i think like ben uh i remember enjoying it a lot i remember um i remember just loving the way they just said fuck as fuck Um, (laughs) still actually something i love to this day um i remember the visuals that just the actual i found it to be pretty well done for a low-budget film, how they made it feel so massive. Um, And I remember vividly just kind of uh, Sharper Toe... Sh- sh- how do you say his name, actually? Charlto? Sh- Charlto, I tw- believe.
2: Yeah, I think Charlto. Yeah.
0: Charlto just spending an entire like two hours of the movie just kind of like in constant paranoia and just being completely mesmerized by this man who's just like starts this movie kind of like in this like ordinary position and literally ends up um i guess we should have said we, this is a spoiler but i assume people know who this spoils but literally ends up as an alien at the end of the movie so uh it was a kind of a crazy ride of a movie and i remember enjoying it a lot
1: yeah so i uh i remember liking it a lot um i i mean i you know i don't have a similar theater experiences as, as uh, ben did no. um and I, I have actually met ben's sister on on many many occasions I and mean, i will say that that reaction is kind of surprising um uh, based on what i know of, of ben's sister but um it was, it was uh, a long time ago uh, true yeah that was that was <laughs> yeah that was uh many years before i met her. well maybe not that many years before i met her maybe like five years before i met her anyway um so I liked the movie. I, I remember the visuals being good. And honestly, like, so I started watching the movie, uh, like, two days ago to, you know, in advance of this podcast. And, like, really, I remember the ending. And I remember the general outline of the plot. But, like, the thing that really stuck with me was just Charlotte saying fucking prawns. Oh, yeah. Like, that was, <laughs> yeah. that was the thing in my head. Like, it was like, vivid. I was like, oh, shit. I was, Like, I could like, hear him saying it in my head over and over and over again. Um, and that's, that's, uh, that's the main like thing that I remembered from the movie. Um, and I, I know that I liked it. Um, so, uh, one of the things, you know, like whenever we do these retrospectives, I I can tell you that like I gave the movie a seven out of 10. And so I think that roughly means that like it's in the upper 30% of movies that I've ever seen. Um, at least that was my rating when I saw it. Um, uh, and so, um, yeah.
0: That's, so that's you, what I thought when I saw where it. Where do you put it uh, now in
1: 2020? I would say I would I would hold it as a 7, but I think that when I saw it I thought it was like when I see this movie again, I'm going to like definitely make it an 8 uh, cuz I think it's really good. I just want to see it again before I like confirm and I would say now like for me it's like on the border between a 6 and a 7. Like I, I was not nearly as enamored with the film um now as I was then. And I, I I can talk about like the reasons for that in a minute, but I think before I talk about like my reasons for that, I'm curious where you all came down.
0: Uh yeah, I guess we can go in reverse order here. So um I'm similar. I had a, I actually had like a seven and a half, um, if I were to put a grade on it when I first saw it.
1: Um your twenty point rating system, seven and a half <laughs>
0: man like i should do more like figure skating has point decimal systems and i believe that's the best system all right so um like i should really be giving it like a 7.69 whatever um uh, so uh um but i'm similar to you that i would put it now at like a 7.0 um i use 0.0 there for a specific reason just to annoy you Um, um but i think for me the uh you kind of alluded to it. So I remember, you know, the beginning a lot and like fucking prawns. And I remember the ending. And I didn't remember a lot of the middle part. And when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, because yeah. I don't think the middle part <laughs> is actually that great. <laughs> like to me, that, that was it was that and the like main villain, I think, end up being the big detractors of the film, but which we can get into just in a bit. But Ben, I want, uh, uh, I wanted to turn to you to see you know, if you felt similar how me and Akil felt in terms of not feeling as great about this film or kind of keeping consistent to where it was.
2: Well, this is a movie that I have not thought about a lot in the last 10 years. Um, and, however, when I went back and looked at my uh, notes as I make a list of my favorite
0: movies...
1: I, I'll, but I was going to ask yeah. you. Oh, awesome. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's it's great. I, I make a, he's like perfect this this podcast. <laughs> um,
2: but when this movie came out, I put this as my eighth favorite movie of the year that it came out. Um, and uh, I remember liking it. I remember um, it having really impressive visual effects um and i guess for people that don't know um i myself do a lot of visual effects work um so i think and i think we'll probably talk about the visual effects in this movie later or at least i hope we do um but it is it's not so much that like um it's using visual effects in a little bit of a different way than movies that have this much visual effects tend to use them We'll we'll talk about that later, though. Um, So I remember that being like one of the things that I always thought about about this movie. Um, I remember it being incredibly violent. Um, It's one of those movies where it maybe feels like in my head, remembering it, that it felt like it was probably more violent than the story called for it to be. I think of like a movie like RoboCop, where if you watch that movie now, or any like Paul Verhoeven movie, there's really no reason it should be as violent as it is based off of what the story actually demands. It's just like, Oh, these are filmmakers that really enjoy depicting and creating violence. Um, which I guess is okay. But I remember, I remember that being a thing. And I, and I thought that rewatching it again now um, that that would really bother me because um, in my in for me personally, I, I really struggle with action movies these days. Like, I can't really enjoy them in the way that I used to. Um, I, I don't know why. I think it's because of all, like, the violence, like, the mass-scale violence we see in the world today. So it makes it, like, harder to enjoy something like John Wick for me. Um,
0: so I was expecting... Okay, so no, it, it's, it's, not, it's not, like, even, like... It's not... E- even if it's done well like you still won't enjoy it today like you, even if it's like yeah and, like, right
2: yeah John Wick is a really fun movie the action in it is really good and really clear and, and very creative but I, I I kind of like feel like is this re- irresponsible to
0: like the meta, this movie meta, level, yeah, the meta aspect about it you
1: right to,
0: like, oh that's interesting because I
1: don't, I know this is a, a like a sidebar, but Ben, I think you and I saw John Wick together, and I don't, I don't remember. Maybe we did talk about that, but I don't remember. No, that. I, I I remember loving that movie. Yeah, I think
2: the better example for me is actually probably because that movie is really about other movies. It's really about like, um, it's kind of like an action. It's like a, almost like a parody of action movies while also being an, an action movie. I mean, like.
1: Yeah, the first
2: one in particular. Yeah, like the, the plot device is like they kill his dog. It's like they're not even trying to come up with like... They're almost making yeah. fun of like the level of plot device that inspires action in movies. Um, but I think the John Wick sequels are probably more what I'm talking about, where it is really like, man, you, you if you can't get off on like guns and creative ways of killing people, like there's nothing there for you. Um, okay. So I was expecting that to be an obstacle this time around um, just because of the way that I feel like I have changed. And um, I, I watched this movie again and I was actually pretty blown away by it. I thought this was like awesome. <laughs> and I was like, Holy shit, this is a movie. Um, so I'm interested to hear, uh, I can talk about maybe some of the things I liked about it, but I'm interested to hear why you guys uh it sounds like you were both on the same page and that it was kind of a letdown.
0: Yeah, I mean, so you know, interestingly enough, I remember liking the action as well when I first saw it. I didn't yeah, particularly yeah. find it interesting the second time around. And I don't know if that's because like I've now become adjusted to this like new Mad Max, Fury Row, John Wick, the Ray type of action style of like modern day cinema that i'm kind of used to that and i'm just like well this is like not not as good as that so like it's just not good um so yeah that's that's an interesting take on the violence so i per akil knows this. i personally can pretty much consume any type of cinematic violence it's part of the nihilistic element of me i guess um so i don't have issues in terms of like violence but i do have issues when violence isn't sort of Uh, directed well or kind of choreographed very well in movies um so but for me i just found the action in this the second time around to be kind of i don't want to say mundane but just like it was kind of it became bland by the middle of it for me at least
1: yeah so for me i so i i think we all had when we saw it in theaters like the action in this was like amazing and, and in particular, so we started this off talking a little bit about the commercial success of the movie. And I do think that that's relevant, even sort of thinking about this as like a, an arts thing. I mean, this movie had no budget, you know, $30 million is a lot of money, full stop, but it's not a lot of money to make a big action movie. Even uh, where
2: half the yeah. cast is computer generated particularly.
1: Yeah. When they yeah. Got, you got
0: like CGI characters and like,
1: yeah. And and so that it looks as good as it does, even, you know, 11 years later is is impressive. And I, I will say that. So I will give the film uh, credit for that. But I thought the action. So the second half of the movie is basically just an action movie, yes. like everything um, that happens in the second half of the movie is largely built around like giving the characters action sequences to be a part of. Yeah. There's like um, an
0: objective and you have to like, yeah. And, and to get there and like, yeah.
1: And, and so ultimately for me, like, I think the reason why the action sequences are kind of like, eh, is because I don't really care what happens to any of the, like, like any character aside from the kid and sort of his dad, but mostly the kid, um, like, so the alien kid. Yeah. And, Um, So, like, I think part of it is, like, I knew that those characters survived, or at least I was, like, 95% certain they did, because I don't remember the movie being sad at the end. Well, Um, first of all, on that point,
2: this movie is fucking bleak as... It's ridiculously bleak. For a movie that has a somewhat hopeful ending, I couldn't believe, like, how cynical and, like, depressing this movie is. And that it...
1: (laughs) Well, so...
2: Oh no, just that was also a surprise. I just didn't really totally remember that. And I think that's probably why I never watched this movie again between when I first saw it, even though I really liked it, and now is because it's it's actually pretty brutal. Um as far as like it's it's just so, worldview and it's pessimism.
0: I think in the first well, so, half I would agree, but not in the second half. Yeah,
1: the the first half of the movie well, so it's an apartheid allegory, right? Yeah. I mean allegory may even be stretching it. It's apartheid <laughs> with aliens, right? Yeah. Um and so like the the first half of the movie as like an allegory I think is like close to like classic level. Um you know it's it like it it has pace, it pops, it's interesting, it's new. Um like it it does not like make you like the the characters that we see on screen but it doesn't do so in a way that's cartoonish. And then it kind of just drops all of that to try and redeem this character who, frankly, by the first half of the movie is irredeemable. I mean, we watch him gleefully murder uh, like a lot of babies. Um, uh, And and then like at the end of the, there's not really any acknowledgement that what he was doing was wrong. Um, And and the character is completely self-serving. Like his only motivation for doing anything good in the movie is to save himself. And so like, I want, like I thought the movie would have been better if like he had had some sort of realization at some point that like, Oh, these aliens are actually like living creatures. What we were doing is wrong. Or at least some kind of that, like anything like that other than like the, the, the redemption, which is just him getting into a mech warrior and like going ham on people, well, I, and so like I, I, I think just, he does do that though, I found- because
2: he he runs away and then he comes back for for reasons that are like motivated by wanting to help the alien characters,
0: um, but he's forced to do it because of the mutation though. That's actually the element I on the second element I didn't like as much because. He changes because essentially his biol like he's biologically changing. Like it's it doesn't feel as much of like a conscious human choice that he's making to change. At least that like that's how I took it. That like a lot of what made his decisions different was the fact that he got like that whatever to the spray. It's still never fully explained why he changes to an alien. It's just kind of thrown in there, I guess, but. Like he got sprayed with that thing, and that he's like mutates, and to me, I felt like, well, that event changed him, but it, w- and that event literally changed him as like a human being. So that's why he started to act differently. Not that, but he, he
1: didn't really act differently. Like that's the thing is that like
0: ninety five percent of the does, way
1: through the movie,
0: he still he he gets more on their side technically.
1: Not really. I mean, he, he only goes to the, like, the, the scene where they blow up the building, or go into the building. And bl- he only does that to save himself. And then, like, the final action sequence is predicated upon him, like, literally taking, like, knocking out the other alien character. We don't see any kind of, like, motivated uh, action on his part, aside from trying to save himself, until he, ought, like, turns around and tries to to save Save the the two aliens. Yeah, but it's, that,
2: that it's... counts, is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, but 95 yeah, percent of the action is already done at that it's, point, it's, and it's like at the last like 15 minutes,
2: right? But that's that's the um, that counts. <laughs> it's still in the movie. Um, I I don't know. I think I think that I hear what you guys are saying, um, and it is an interesting choice that they made this guy unlikable. But I I also think that that's kind of the point. He's not really a bad person. What he is, is a product of his environment. But maybe that's just me being an apologist for uh, <laughs> the, uh, the system, I guess.
0: Well, so, so I the other, the a other critique. Person. <laughs>
2: yeah, I think he is. A bad. Well, person. But like, <laughs> he, okay. And it's yeah. part of, so I disagree, but this is maybe just fundamentally different about our worldview. I think what, you know, yeah. he, he does have like, he does do these awful things, but you also see like, he has this curiosity and he knows about, he, he seems to know more about the aliens, like culture and life than anybody else in the movie. And like, he seems to have like some sort of weird appreciation for it. Um, even in those early scenes, I would say,
1: um, it's true. It's true. It, it's what makes the first half of the movie super interesting. Just like watching him go through district nine. Um, it it's true. Like I, I, I agree with you on that. I still think
0: he's a bad person. Yeah, to Keel's point, even like in the second act, like when Christopher tells them, like, Hey, like we actually need to like I like when Christopher has a revel realizing what's going on with the experiments, he's like, We need I need to go home. I can't help you first. Then Wickus is kind of like F you and like hits him and like knocks him down. So like even like when he was going through all this in the second act, he still does like a dick move.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: so like, I don't, I don't to his point. I don't... I don't like, I don't know if he like, I don't know if he is a good person and I don't know if his redemption is really that strong in the end, given that like how much of it is a really a conscious choice or just like a product of the fact that like he was just put in the situation now because of he was changing and, everyone was trying to kill him. So he just kind of made this choice, but it wasn't like a genuine, like act of like, I'm doing like a moral good.
1: Yeah. So the other thing that I don't love about the ending, um, and and we can talk about this from like the social justice perspective, or we can just talk about it from the plot of the movie, which is like, I don't love that, that like, he's the one that saves the alien. Like I would have liked it to be the other way around. I think that would have been a better ending for the movie
0: because it sort of has um, this subtle white savior trope without yeah yep 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 like, yep, 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 <laughs> yep, 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 yep. It.
1: yeah i mean so that's the social justice component of it is that like you can call it a white savior narrative and so when you're talking about a bar tide as a like an allegory you know like the fact that you can call the movie a white savior narrative is a problem i think because this movie was explicitly written as an apartheid allegory, so this isn't like yeah, I mean, I'm not mapping Mille, Mille, on.
0: Blomkamp literally from South Africa,
1: right? Yeah. Um, so and it was shot in Johannesburg, at least in part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, so I, I think that 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 is like a non-trivial issue with the movie on rewatch. You know, when I saw this movie in college, like I, I didn't know what white savior narratives were. Um, you know, and that's both because I was uneducated, but also, you know, things have changed in 10 or in 11 years. We, we talk about these things much more openly now than, than we did, um, in, in the late 2000s. Um, and so I think that, that like on rewatch, that was something that was like apparent to me. And then I did some reading and like other people were making that point too. And so it wasn't just me. So, I, you know, I think that, like, as a film, the first half of the movie is unquestionably great. The second half of the movie, I think, is where I, I like, just kind of was like, eh, this is kind of a generic action movie.
2: Uh, but yeah. th- but don't, you, don't you think it's more problematic, though, if, like, the guy that is the, like, the bureaucrat who's the main character of this movie was, like, a black dude? And then you're kind of, like, saying that hey this system um like i don't know that would have been i think that would have had its own problems i i mean okay for well i don't think yeah
0: i don't even him being white does. the point is that if him being wh- given what the allegory is the fact that like he's the one saving like they could have done it differently that he doesn't have to be the one to save them
2: right but the white
0: people okay yeah.
2: so white people are kind of the problem though and like the solution i mean <laughs> uh yeah yeah it's, but complicated. It, it's
0: complicated it's complicated
2: so like the solution though is like the change like the change that has to happen is the white people have to to change really and like i mean i don't know that's that's always that's, that's kind of what i think about it um i guess i understand your point but yeah
1: yeah, I mean, so like, like I said, like I, I think that we, we could talk about it as like the social justice issue, which I think is real, and I'm like, but I'm, I, I'm not like so convinced by that point that I'm willing to. That's not a hill that I'm going to die on, but it, it is something that I think is is an issue.
0: I think either the, the bigger way for me, it's not effectively executed in the end, like whether or not, yeah. I, like, but to be to kind of you know reverse and be a bit more positive because i i still give this a seven i still think it is a good movie um i think the fact that we can even have this much discussion about the movie in some ways actually makes it a good movie yes i think the movie I, i i think on rewatch i realized okay maybe the execution isn't as great as i thought it was um but I do not question that the film has ambitions. And at least in the first half, it is, like, very big with those ambitions and trying to, like, force us to, like, confront these very big issues that have existed in many different places over thousands of years. So, I and are still relevant, you know, in 2020.
1: Okay. Uh, and
0: so I found... I I'm someone who... Because I think, like, both of you here, I, we watch a lot of movies, so I do give credit when movies at least try to do something big, and even if they don't mm-hmm. necessarily pull it off, um, I like a movie that tries rather than a movie that just is, like, lazy and just sort of, like, goes with the lowest common denominator, so what I like the most about this movie on, on rewatch is that it, do, it does have that ambition, and when I compare it to movies of the last even couple of years, it has more ambition than like most mainstream studio films have today. Um, so I still like that aspect of it a lot. And I like that we can have this conversation about it, even if we disagree with how it was executed. Um, I think
2: that's, I think that's like the best, what you just said is like the best case for the movie. I agree that the character development is not the movie's strength. But what how many like action movies that have like energy weapons that make people explode are this evocative that even
0: uh, yeah, I inspire yeah.
2: conversation and that's really I think like what is so cool about this movie because there is like some other weird goofy things about the movie that like had always kind of irked like I don't know about bothered me but just things that I always felt were kind of strange so like basically you have this underclass of like aliens who are people don't like, because they're like obnoxious and they don't, and they're like dirty and stupid and poor and like a drain on society. And then like, it's mostly borne out that that's like actually what they are throughout the movie yeah uh, that,
1: yeah that was, yeah that's a huge that problem
2: yeah, weird. Yeah. um and i know that there's the two alien characters that aren't like that but but i guess that's part of the thing Where it's just like well here's a culture that clearly they just don't understand but that, i always thought that was a strange thing element to this um
0: by the way, Ben, you had mentioned Paul Verheen or uh, Ver- is it Ver- I can never I it. I, I,
2: Verhoeven, I have no idea what the Yeah,
0: is. Yeah. I, I'm glad you did, because that was actually a note I had, is that the movie, I actually think in some ways, I feel most similar of this to, is star- his 1997 film, Starship Troopers, which is also this kind of like crazy sci-fi action film, um, which does try to, like, be the satire of, like, the American military-industrial complex and kind of, like, militarism as a whole. And it doesn't always execute as well and has a lot of issues. But um, I actually realized, you know, when you said I was like, yeah, like, that's literally what I was thinking, that, like, those two movies are similar, where they have these, like, very action element things. And, like, how can you... How many movies with, like, guys shooting up Aliens into like million pieces also make you think or also make you debate like serious topics with your friends. So in some ways those those are like very similar films, and I find that it's issues. I think it just kind of depends on your perspective, right? It's like, do you care more about the discussion that the film brings, or do you care more about how the film? ends up executing its end story like you obviously want both right it's not like you have to pick one I I, I do think uh, I feel like that's sort of how I feel it's like the execution isn't there but the discussion is there so like in some ways that does make it great because not every film gives you this type of discussion.
2: True and I think that also you know in rewatching, there's is the element that we lose which is like my, my sister's reaction that I was talking about in that when you yeah. do know that that everybody that, that if somebody if one of those like characters were to die, we would probably remember it. You know, if one of like the three main, yeah,
0: yeah, the kid, yeah that, for sure, yeah. Like, kid yeah. or
2: something. Yeah. And, and like when you know that that's not going to happen, I think you do lose sort of this movie is not,
0: you lose, space. yeah, the yeah. movie's
2: not really going for grandeur in the action sequences. Yeah, um, I
0: agree. yeah that's It's
2: going for tension, and so I think that's what. Um, is is diminished in repeat viewings. Um, for what it's worth, but
0: uh, yeah, yeah. I, so I was gonna say. I, go so, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was gonna actually try to move on, but if you wanted to have one more, more one more last point, there.
1: I, so yeah. I, I, the the thing that I, I will say is sort of like on these like nits with um, what I'll say is like the world world building. Like I, I think that. So, attempting to do something like this is to leave yourself like there's no possible way that you can build a world that is like full, fully formed. Um, or if you attempt to do it, you end up like George R.R. R. Martin and you get, you know, two thirds of the way there and then you can't tell a story in it because you don't know how this fully formed world will operate. It's too complicated. So, you know, I think that, that District Nine, in particular in the first half of the movie, like builds like a pretty, pretty well developed like world in the span of an hour. And that is impressive. Um, The thing that, that sort of annoys me about the back half of the movie is that it kind of just ignores all of that. um, And just sort of like becomes a generic action movie. And for me, like I think probably my main feeling in rewatching the movie is just disappointment because I think the movie is like 80 to 90% of the way toward being like a stone cold sci-fi classic like Blade Runner. Um, Even if I think Blade Runner is overrated, like I think that that's like a stone cold sci-fi classic that was like appreciated more and more over time. And I think the same thing is true with Blade Runner 2049. Um, I think this movie is like close
0: to being It It just doesn't close. It just doesn't have the rest. At least for me. Like, yeah. It, it yeah. And that need and, to be great. And like, th- like you need those, core but that's elements, the, but then it gets the part. That's the hardest. Right. right.
1: And then it, it like trips on the stuff that a lot of other movies, like, you know, the Marvel movies, like we could talk about like, whatever they're generic or, you know, they don't really, you know, they appeal to that lowest common denominator. They don't try whatever, but they nail ca- the character development. Right. Like, and and they, they the fact that the overall yeah,
0: the overall art, like, and the they fact, know where to go from point A to point B,
1: and and the fact that like they can do it at scale suggests that like there is a formula that you can use for character development, yeah. like not all characters, but it, it it is to the point that I think that that the movie sort of falls down on that front is it just is disappointing because I it could have been spectacular it was so close and so i think that's honestly like why i like the movie less is because i'm like disappointed in watching it because it was almost great that's fair. but it just didn't get there
0: um i want to move on and in in this discussion i think we can still go back to district nine but what i I wanted to move on to talk about specifically uh the director neil blomkamp's uh career trajectory after this film so this was his so this film was actually he made a short film in 2006, which is essentially like a short film, just like District 9. And then he made he use that short film to get the budget to make this uh, 30 million dollars, small size budget sci fi action film. And then from there, being such a big hit, he was able to four years later, make another sci fi action film um, with Matt Damon, uh, big Hollywood movie star um Elysium which had a budget of 115 million dollars um but it made a lot it actually made technically more than District 9 but given its much bigger budget it was considered a significantly less commercial success and then after that in 2015 he made Chappie which was um a movie about kind of like a sentinel robot essentially that was created that was like created and then dire and the rap group. Somehow comes involved with it. And it's this kind of weird type of story. Um, and then he hasn't been in another movie since then. So what I found interesting though, is that I think one thing we can agree on is that for a direct, for a debut f- feature film and with the budget that he had, I think Blomkamp did an amazing job of being able to utilize his budget efficiently and really tell kind of this story that he wanted to tell in a very kind of distinct visual style. Um, even if he didn't execute everything right, he still did things that many veteran and seasoned directors were unable to do. So for him to do it with his debut feature film uh, was very impressive. Um, and so I don't know if, So for me, I've been actually disappointed that a man who showed so much promise with his first film Hasn't been able to do much afterward, despite being given bigger budgets. Um,
1: I remember being super pumped for Elysium and being like, "This is going to be awesome," and it just isn't. Like, I bet if I watched that movie oh, I now, would I would it. be I didn't like,
0: even like it "When I first saw I it, I would
1: hate." Yeah, I bet that I would watch it now and be like, "Oh my god, I... this is
0: unwatchable." Even though it's um, about and... important topics, healthcare, universal healthcare, worker exploitation, like all these social like it's all this big topic stuff well you know if
1: if you're going to get off on like sort of writing allegories for social things you really need to have a complex understanding of the social world and that's hard to do um at least for me like when i watch movies that are trying to like talk about complex social issues you know because that's like what i do for my day job is like talk about that stuff um so like you kind of got to nail it for me. Otherwise I just like lose interest. Um, And I just don't think that Elysium gets there. I do think that district nine gets there, which is why it ends up being so frustrating that, you know, this guy who was able to write district nine and direct on such a like small budget, just, he just hasn't done anything since like not even a sequel for district nine, which the movie set up for it. Not that I want a sequel, but like, I'm kind of shocked that there isn't one.
2: Yeah, I don't think this, I don't think this movie has like the legs to have a sequel at this point. I, it's not it's just not a movie I feel like people talk about that much anymore. Um yeah. Th- so this guy it's
0: crazy. That's actually crazy to think about 11 years later cuz I actually thought it would be the opposite when I first saw it.
2: Yeah, I yeah, agree. And it was I think it's, and it
0: got it got nominated for best picture, which is crazy for this yes. type of movie.
2: It is. It is. And I think one of the reasons is because the movie is such a bummer it really is it's like just you you will be hard-pressed to find movies that are like this bleak on yeah. on humanity basically um, it's
0: hard to be like someone's like what movie do you want to watch tonight? you you'd be like let's watch district nine like <laughs> it's hard to convince someone i, I feel to watch it. you know and i didn't
1: remember it being as bleak as i, I didn't watched.
2: either but like i think that colors people's whether you know it or not that influences your wanting to rewatch it you know
0: um
1: yeah well like you know like the movie sort of plays for laughs like how i mean it's not it's like it's both like the characters are laughing but you're like is this funny or is this horrific like as things happen and i just you know it's like they're aliens so like maybe we can laugh at them being treated like horrifically but and maybe that's the point of the movie but it certainly isn't the point of the movie and and so i just like it's it like, I think I probably laughed the first time I saw some of it, but like knowing what the movie is actually about, I, like I'm not laughing during that first half of the movie. I'm just like horrified. Yeah, and, and, and Well, think,
2: think yeah. of the plot resolution of the movie where the aliens are going off to yeah. do a thing. They might come back, maybe not. But in the meantime, you have millions of aliens stuck on earth in horrible conditions and like,
1: yeah, in what is referred to as a concentration. I know, camp. and yeah. it's like
2: okay, it's kind of a hopeful note, but it like that it ends on, but also still like the boots on the ground situation is terrible for every single character, and so it's like, all right, I mean, it's just again, it's just like that's tough. It's really tough to like, it, you know, it is amazing the movie made so much money because it's just not like a crowd pleaser in the ways that new movies like this typically are. Um, But I mean, I think, I think that that, yeah. So I think that, that works against the movie's legacy. Now to talk, talk about, um, Neil Blomkamp specifically. So this is a guy that was basically a visual effects artist before this movie. And he'd done a bunch of stuff and he was, um, involved with, the halo movie project that never actually happened yeah
0: i, I totally forgot yes that until
2: yeah, I,
1: re- re-
0: about yeah
1: that. I-, I was reading yeah. up on it. Yeah. okay
2: so i i feel like he was probably like a visual effects prodigy and based off of his strengths in that field he got this movie district 9 made um and it seems like after this movie like if The only thing I really remember about Elysium is the production design, which I think was just like amazing. Um, Like the exoskeletons that the guys have and all that stuff. I just I remember that being pretty blown away by that and some of like the action in that movie. I don't remember much about the movie itself except that I didn't totally... I feel like I have a mediocre to negative attitude about the movie. Um, and, And it seems like since those other movies, he's just been doing short films on YouTube which is ironic because I think the biggest legacy of district nine is kind of spawning the YouTube action film genre. Like as a, as like a VFX movie, I think that this kind of created the digital gunfight in a lot of ways. This wasn't really something people were doing before to have like their bullet hits and like uh, muzzle flashes and all that stuff kind of done in post-production and some of that's because they're, they're using alien weapons here and it seems like he himself was interested in getting sucked into that vortex and i think some people just have like a really strong independent streak and there's something about working for movies because you can see it in like elysium that movie's not as good as district nine in really any way and it could be because it's a hollywood movie and the guy just doesn't he may not have any interest in Hollywood movies. Um, he made his money and now he's like, I'd rather do shit on the internet where I can do whatever I want. Um, so it's, it's a weird legacy, I guess. I don't know how many people actually keep up with the stuff that he's done, but I know that that's, has been his thing since Chappie is just doing short films on the internet. (laughs)
1: But he has been attached to other projects. Yeah, he
0: was supposed to do the um, alien. And, I know, like, one of the yeah,
1: he was supposed to do an alien movie. He was supposed to do a RoboCop hmm. sequel. Um, So, you know, like, I, 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 I hope that what you're like, that he's just like, I'm going to do me. You know, I'm going to do what makes me happy and make the, these things. And I don't care what anybody else thinks. But I, I suspect that it's
0: something else. Perhaps, but I think, ben, Based I think on the fact- ben, you made a really good point that he was a FX guy, and I think you know that's something you know. Eleven years later, I think that still holds up really well for District Nine, and I I can see where you're getting at in terms of like the influence that that had on you know independent uh, filmmakers to sort of realize that hey we can we can actually make movies, we can actually make these shorts and these different type of movies differently if we kind of look at the similar style that he used um but and so in some ways he, i don't know if like he could i guess i don't know if i don't know if he could actually make a great feature film again um i don't know if he has it in but, i mean i
1: will be honest with you like that's a hard thing for me to accept based on the first half of district nine and, and And the fact that he was able to craft that that visual style, which you know to Ben's point was actually like influential um,
2: yeah was, you, you yeah. see this everywhere now yeah like this for like the kind of grounded um, yeah' it's, it's you see his fingerprints all over things and 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 to talk about I want to talk about real quick the like the visual effects in this movie um it, it's it's completely miraculous that they made this movie with $30 million. I don't know what that means adjusted for inflation, but that's just like, it's It's not not that that much much
0: money.
2: It's crazy. It's just absolutely insane. And like, um, what's, I think why the, it works though, in this movie is that, so this movie was nominated for best visual effects at the Oscars and it lost to avatar, which is, um, like,
0: which is avatar that's all you have to say we don't we don't have to say anything but more it's like than that
2: it it's using vfx in a completely different way you know like where that is what the movie is is like a bit. right right and and this one it's like they're not played for spectacle they're just kind of there like you have a handheld camera and like the visual effect is like a cg character is like moving things out of a refrigerator or things like that and it's like, it's that documentary style that I think really puts you in this world. And like, you know, when you see these things, you don't see like this glorious Michael Bay shot of like the uh, spaceship above Johannesburg. You see like crappy, terrible handheld cameras, yeah, like shaky cam all over the place.
0: I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to think like, was there any cinema Verite style movie that did this before? like use this style. like obviously the style has been used but use the style with such heavy reliance on like vfx and like cgi characters i can't i may be blanking but i can't think of really any movie any at least feature length big movie um that shot kind of you know using this the cinema verti almost like found footage type aspect to it but then also had like you know such heavy reliance on vfx
2: i'm gonna um, i'm gonna say this didn't happen before
0: <laughs> yeah I like i don't think it was but like, yeah I, I, i'm pretty, pretty sure so. that's true yeah. i think that's why it's like right and so th- and that's what makes it so impressive it's just like it was the first of its kind and it still holds up well which generally tends to happen for you know i think films that are true genuine technological kind of achievements um i think the true technical marvels are the ones that stand that test of time because they did something actual original and unique and it's hard to really ever really replicate that again
1: so just to like hammer that point home so this is going to sound like a humble brag and maybe it's just a straight-up brag i'm not sure so i have like a super awesome tv um it's uh it's an oled tv and uh and and so when i watch like movies on it in 4k k that are old it is not kind to them um like usually things look bad like i watched age of ultron um uh on it and there are a number of action sequences that do not hold up because um they just don't look great on the Wait, when the picture Marvel is that sharp
0: doesn't look that pretty shocking
1: well, it's Shoss Whedon. I mean, I'm you know, shocked. Like man,
0: I'm that... shocked by the visuals of him. No, I won't get it too. right,
1: but 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 the point is, is that movie had a budget that was eight times higher, probably yeah, like than
0: um... yeah, yeah, probably. Less.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it was made four years later. Um, so uh, you know, this movie holds up like really six well later, on probably. the visual six side. Years. Uh, six years was it 2015? Yeah, anyway. So that to me was extremely impressive. The other thing about this that I thought was was really fascinating is how much of the movie and the VFX is during the day. Yeah. Like the, the most common trick for like low budget VFX is to set everything at right, night right. because making the characters look good during the day is really hard to do. And they do it. And I don't think it's like a mix of practical and real effects. I think it's
0: just Really good VFX. I realize we're wrong. There was a movie that did this before, but it wasn't to this scale and it wasn't as good. But it came out the year before this. Uh, It was Cloverfield. Oh, yeah. It technically it didn't have as much effects, but it did have that found footage style, cinema verite style, and it did have kind of FX creatures along the way, and then one giant FX creature like throughout it, but. Different movie and nowhere near the scale, and it it's not as effective. It's not as effective, and the fact that I don't remember it. Yeah, but but that
2: movie also doesn't, doesn't have like, like trying to do this. those CG characters emoting and having like close and all that. Stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah, they're I just... agree. Yeah, they're just like monsters. Yeah, you're right. They're they're monsters just around, right? Are, like, trying to project emotion. Yeah,
2: I don't know, but
0: okay, sure. <laughs> so. Right. I agree, yeah, yeah. I, agree. I just I it just it just came in my head and I remembered wait there it, it there was a found footage film the year before that did have kind of some it felt Sure. Than it That's fair. Than the budget made it seem like. Um but the fact is we're not talking about Cloverfield because most people don't remember Cloverfield outside of being a massive disappointment. Um
1: you know, I actually think that, so we're going to get to this, but it's funny, I actually think... I like that Cloverfield,
2: yeah, I, Cloverfield I like them both. You know, why don't I take do like, sides? Oh, I
1: hate
0: Cloverfield. <laughs> Maybe I'm just sucking for myself. I hate Cloverfield, and I still hate Cloverfield.
1: <laughs> I mean, the the point is not about whether or not you I liked or disliked Cloverfield. I, I didn't like it, but I don't have that strong of an opinion. The point is that uh, if you, I, I'm pretty confident if you did a poll of random people more of them would uh, would could tell you uh, that they recognize the name or... and they recognize the name District 9. Yeah, I don't know. I feel pretty confident. I'm not
0: convinced in that. either way. I'm not saying, I think that's a, I think that's a, I, I think, think this is I the world's least, least important
2: scientific question.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know, man. As somebody who does uh, a decent amount of science for okay. a living, uh, I, I guarantee you that I could find. All right, fair. There are 500 studies that so, you would find less significant.
0: All right, so I think <laughs> in wrapping up with Neil, I think we we can sort of all concur that a lot of initial talent, probably still has a lot of talent, but been disappointed in his work. I personally don't know if he's going to ever get back to the level. Akil, like I think you are holding out on hope. I think he may just be best as this kind of – I don't want to say one trick wonder because that sounds bad, but it does happen. I mean, like this is a totally different type of movie and style and director, but like 20, um, shoot, it was 20 years ago now. Yeah. 20 years ago. I mean, Donnie, Donnie darker came out and Richard Kelly, everyone thought was going to be this like big shot director because he made such a unique big movie and he's literally done. I mean, he's done movies, but he's, Pretty much not done anything it of significant.
2: It's a it's a tough business, and, and not everybody gets I mean, to navigate yeah. it. I, I, not everybody can navigate it. I, I, like Neil
0: yeah. So I don't, I don't know if Neil's gonna be back at this level. He may be making it movies, feels, but I don't know if they're gonna. It, it
2: definitely feels like it. he should have a great movie in him. I, mean, I I would be. I I guess I'd say we wouldn't see it more than I say we will see it but yeah, it it seems like it should happen.
1: I, you know, I just like, if he wanted to make another studio movie, he would, he could like, there is no question in my mind that he would, he could get a studio to give him a budget for, for a film. Um, even with like the commercial flops that Elysium and Chappie were like, I I, I think that there's there's no question that he could get um, he could get attached particularly to like a sci-fi um, thing but I, he he probably just doesn't want it to to, mm-hmm. to Ben's point or he wants it in a very specific way with like control um, and that might be harder for him to get I don't know um, but he does still occasionally do interviews where he talks about a, a District Nine sequel, which apparently he has a, a draft
0: for. Yeah, um, I mean Hollywood does so. love sequels, man. So you, you, should, ne- you should never doubt uh, yeah, the greenlit uh, of a sequel. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, did you guys want to talk about Shulter, or are you want to go of move on to the legacy of the film? Let's let's do. Well,
1: well okay, I, I, I but just is, just yeah, briefly because I, I
2: we didn't really talk so, about this when we were talking about the movie, but Charlotte is like fantastic in this movie for a guy. Oh yeah, no, I, yeah, no, like he it, is.
0: said, my first yeah. my, my first impression when I watched the movie, I was like, damn, this dude can just it was just like. Yeah, and he, he does
2: so many guy, different things you know, in this movie. It's a real tour de force, and I don't know how they knew this guy was capable of this, but he's,
0: yeah. He, he was Neil's friend I think I think he was just his friend he was just like hey be the guy in my movie he was like okay it,
2: yeah it's amazing and hes he seems was- like he's only been in like schlocky action movies since m- minus a couple things here and there but uh, yeah
0: yeah it's weird yeah he's just been pretty much in action film. So he's been in.
1: Yeah. so I have seen a lot of the movies that he's shockingly, been in shockingly yes um, uh, yeah I mean like um
0: Oh so yeah, oh, this, that movie, movie yeah, called
1: that. Report. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a really good movie. I like I, you know, like for sci-fi that like not a lot of people saw. Yeah. I still think about that movie, and that movie came out seven years ago. Um, you know, I yeah, uh, you know, that would be a we'll good one a retrospective on that. <laughs> no, we won't, because nobody saw that movie. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Um, but anyway, yeah. Like, but the thing is, is that so? Like, he was, he was in the other of Neil's movies, or I at think least he, is he is Chappie. In, yeah, I guess he's in he's in Chappie too, which I haven't seen. Um, yeah, I guess he is. Yeah. Um, so he, I, he, he's I think he's in a Elysium, cartoonist. I remember villain. him being good in Elysium. Um, he, yes. Which, you know, action movies need that sometimes. Um. The other performance that he has <laughs> is uh, in the A Team remake that um, didn't get much traction. I
0: enjoyed that movie. That, man, I don't care what people say.
1: I, yeah, I was going to say like you know it's a mindless action movie, but it perfectly serviceable, and he's the best part of 100%. that movie. Um, so you know that's another one where I'm a little surprised that he hasn't done more.
0: Yeah. I... He's just not a leading man material, really, I guess, and I don't know, like, he's, I don't know. I I think also in some ways this is a testament to the fact that, for whatever reason, I'm surprised he hasn't been, like, put into, like, a John Wick film. Maybe he will be eventually, but he feels like a perfect... Well, they're going to make a thousand yeah, of he them, he feels so. like <laughs> a perfect addition. he feel like you'd fit in right into one of those movies, so maybe... I don't know. Maybe, maybe his agent's not good enough for him. Or maybe he's yeah, like or like he. Yeah, it seems like both of them be have been roles. kind
2: of redoing the last forty minutes of District Nine their whole careers, basically.
0: <laughs> just like over, the, they can't get out of this one, this trap.
1: Um, now there's a good sequel for District Nine. <laughs> just, just, just out the, the, the actor game. and the director <laughs> <Just stuff> yeah, <laughs> refilming.
0: Over and over again. <laughs> over and
1: over um, again. I would watch that movie. I would watch the hell out of that movie.
0: I'll watch any meta movie like that, yeah. Um, yeah. But I guess the moving on that yeah, Shasha Charlton, Forgiving, imp- I mean, if you're, as a, de- as a de- debut lead role in a feature film, honestly, pretty great at the end of the day. Like, very hard to say that many people had a much better performance in their first debut film, particularly when they're like in ninety percent of the screen time. So he should get a lot of credit for being able to pull that off. But- so I was
1: reading a couple of reviews and I think it was maybe Michael Phillips, um, who's uh one of the Chicago papers, um, who I don't think was as big of a deal in two thousand nine as he is now. He was, or maybe he, he wasn't, was. I just I
0: mean, always, yeah. He was on yeah, no, I mean I read him then, he, he, so he fit, that's probably a secret. He burned, a lot during on the show.
1: So, so he he's great. I really like him as a critic, and he yeah. I think was dunking on um, Charlton really uh, as being miscast, which I was surprised. Let's see if I can pull it up. Well, he's wrong.
2: He's wrong.
0: Yeah, hello. <laughs> Uh, he's wrong yeah. I was gonna say I, was gonna <laughs> say, I was like, you can pull it wherever you want I'm not gonna agree with it <laughs> like you can do whatever you want I mean alright I'm not gonna pull it up it's tough, tough. We, We've already I mean you're decided. like a movie this critic you gotta be in the front out. lines yeah. you gotta be
2: the first one giving an opinion and sometimes you, you get it wrong I don't know
0: yeah you got it wrong it's okay um speaking um, though but I think moving on um we alluded to this, but the legacy of—he oh, also said
1: there's nothing new about the style of this picture.
0: Yeah, that's just. <laughs> a- he,
1: he may have missed, <laughs> he one, missed this sometimes. this review.
0: Look, you know, <laughs> like even the best—I mean, Mike Trout's the best baseball right. player in the world, and he still only hits 350. Um, um, yeah. So you miss. It's okay. Um, but moving on to our last. Uh, sort of topic for uh, discussion, which we alluded to a bit, is the end legacy of this film. So it's been almost 11 years since this movie has come out. Um, it was nominated for Best Picture at the time, which was granted, this was when Best Picture had 10 nominees and the system was very open. And for it was the first time that the system went to 10 nominees. It was this year, it uh, was in 2009. And so it was a pretty open ballot, so I don't know if it would be nominated under the new current rule set, but still, the fact that it did get nominated for Best Picture was pretty impressive and shocking at the time. And it even got I think Best Adapted Screenplay, so it was even more than just like uh, one, one category. And I don't know in some ways, I think it is a memorable film, but I don't know if it's Earn the right to be called a classic. And I don't think it has, even though it seemed like it was. I
2: don't, I don't think it's a classic either. Uh, I, I still think it's very good.
0: All right, and, I, and I should, repeat, I, I should say, and not, not in terms of, like my opinion, in terms of no, it, like, the general yeah, perception. That it definitely has, doesn't like, have that. I
2: think of, it's like, probably, like it's honestly not a bad legacy, though, where it's like if I was like 20 years old now, I feel like this would be kind of like this weird, cool action movie that i knew about from a while ago that none of my friends knew about and i could tell them about it and they'd be like holy shit i can't believe this thing exists You're like how did this ever happen like i think that's not a bad place for it to be i guess i think there'll always be like people watching this movie um but yeah it's just never gonna be like it's never gonna be on the list of the movies from the zeros you know yeah, you- when people are making that list or anything but
0: And it won't be a it won't be a where everyone's like you have to watch this movie like you can't. I agree. I I like I like that I like that thing. It's like it's that it is a movie for people who let's say are ten to fifteen years younger who they'll be like, oh yeah, this movie was big when it came out, but no one I know has watched it. And you sort of watch it to be kind of unique and cool for your generation. But yeah, I kind of like that. I think that's maybe its status that it's a. not a cult classic but like a minor classic in some ways you could say
1: i just think that like you know so i think that we've touched on like the the biggest i think legacy of the film is is what ben pointed out with with the vfx um because i think you know without that i don't think this film has much legacy um uh and and so you know so imdb we can question the, the value of this stuff um, but so, I, but IMDB has, like, this popularity tracker um, where you can see, like, the ranking of a movie in terms of popularity. And so District 9 is um, 1,294 for reference. Overfield is 1,089. So I win. Um, I think
0: both were much higher than they first came out, too. I think both were in the top 250. I believe, I feel confident saying both were in the top 250 when they came out, though.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, in terms yeah. of ranking up. Yeah. Almost certainly. Um, because people who <laughs> on IMDb are idiots, you
0: know,
1: I'm not saying that, like, I'm not an idiot. I in fact, I would include myself in, in that, that group of people. So I, you know, I think that, that there are a number of things about this movie that really aren't directly related to the movie that hurt its legacy. Um, and I think that they're related to the things that we just talked about that like Neil Blomkamp has done nothing since then. I think like hurts people going back and like exploring this movie. I think that Shalto isn't a bigger star um, like hurts the likelihood that people will go back and see this movie. I also think that the fact that this movie isn't seeming I mean, it, it isn't available on any of the major streaming um, services hurts this movie.
0: No, um, I mean,
1: eventually so it's gonna be on streaming at some point in the near future well sure but if it's on like you know cbs yeah. uh all access or some bullshit like that that five people have um you know then then uh it, it so i just i i think that uh, the i think that this movie is better than its legacy which is like i i like this movie Um, you know, like I said, I, I, I have it as a seven out of 10, which means, which is like a a very clear, like, I like this movie. Um, but I think that, that, you know, for me, uh, the legacy of this movie is unfortunately let, like, it's, it seems like it's going to be the best thing that the lead and the director, um, and the writers ever do. And it was really the first thing that they ever did. And that's kind of sad. Um, you know, like I, I, and and I don't I don't know these people. I, I'm certain that they don't feel this way about their life or their work, or at least I hope they don't feel that way. But for me, I just look at it as sort of being like there's all this potential in this for like this wonderful art, and it just it doesn't get there and it doesn't seem like the, the people who who um did it are on the trajectory toward getting there, and that's I don't know, that's ultimately sort of like uh bleak. And and I don't know, that's like the, the message of the film. So maybe yeah, maybe that's appropriate.
0: They, they knew this going into <laughs> it, that this is what was gonna happen. So on a meta level, <laughs> yes. they're like, let's make this movie that's gonna be about our future. <laughs> uh the other thing too is that if you look at two thousand nine, for some weird reason there was a lot of sci fi films that year, which were, like Yeah.
2: That's the point I was gonna like, make. I yeah. Mean,
0: if you want to include it, technically, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen, um, Avatar, Star Trek, 2012, um, uh, District 9, and I'm forgetting one. I don't know why. Oh. I mean, there's Terminator, yeah, Terminator Salvation. Salvation I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, I know I'm missing one when I'm looking at this list. Yeah, Terminator Salvation. Um, there's also Moon, you know, as far as, like, low-budget sci-fi films. Uh, Nick Cage's Knowing. Um, for, you know, all my Nick Cage uh, diehards out there. Um,
1: yeah. So, there's... so, I you know, like, that's that's not great because I would put a number of those, like, in the same, like, quality. Maybe well, not quality, yeah. but because District 9 tries yeah. to do more. but than
0: even beyond them, sci-fi, but... I think it's also, I mean, the fact, and I actually got to run, Inglourious Basterds got released a week after this. Um, the fact is, like, Inglourious Basterds got released a week after this and the two end up making the same amount of money domestically around. But I think 11 years later, we can clearly say that, like, one of those movies is very memorable and kind of, you know, deeply enriched in kind of cinema culture, and one isn't. And the one, well, one of being the... glorious Bastards. Oh, that's um, just, like, one of the best movies. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're... <laughs> right, but my point... Right, but my point is that, like, they made the same... They actually had almost right. the same amount of attendance in terms of admissions when they came out, but like the their tail end. Well, I think I,
2: I don't remember which one of you guys said, but like the point the um, I think the the point is very valid that these people that made this movie haven't done as many movies since they made it, and, and the movies that have landed like yeah, the fact the idea that like the Black Panther movie came out and Charlton Copley wasn't the Andy Circus part. It's just like. That's like just
0: a huge insult, <laughs> oh, but that's because of m c u con uh but that was the m c u continuity because anti- circus was in um civil war, so you had to keep that consistent,
1: well, but civil war was still five, six years after whatever, also he to is to be fair, he's actually Serkis, African, you know? African,
2: you know like they could have got like the one
1: yeah
0: <laughs> you're right, you're right, sure could have fit, I agree. I agree, although
1: Andy Circus also isn't gollum, but he kinda is, so <laughs> we we should we should keep that um, in mind,
0: but yeah, uh, I see your point. yeah, I think that definitely is, but overall, two thousand nine just had a lot of memorable or i shouldn't not maybe for me, but a lot of movies that I think most people will remember before district nine and to some to some some extent the competition of films that are come out around you does impact your legacy a bit because at the end of the day if, if there are more popular movies around you then over time unless you're a really great movie it's hard to come. of ever uh, break through that next At movie.
2: the same time though I and feel like we're always. giving contradictory messages in that we're saying that this movie is underappreciated but then also remarking that it's a miracle that this movie succeeded when it was like
0: yeah. it's it, it, that that's what's so weird yeah. i think it's a weird movie to discuss in some ways like in some ways i actually think it is an insane but when i look at the box office of this movie and i'm like wait you're telling me that a movie with zero names like literally not a single recognizable face or name with 30 million dollars in the heat of the summer and was released a week before Quentin Tarantino movie, still made a hundred and fifty nine million dollars worldwide. I um, in domestic because it's over two. It's because it's so, so freaking
2: good, though. I think really at the end of the day, yeah,
0: that's what's it's weird. just like, undeniable. Yeah, it's like
2: a, you can't release a movie this good and not have it be recognized in the way that it is. I think. I mean, like. Disagree. disagree Blade Runner twenty forty nine
0: that don't make much money. that don't make, that <laughs> well, that don't, don't make money. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, that's, that's mean,
2: probably accurate. There, but there yeah, I mean, like the that. fact that this movie again was nominated for Oscars for it again not being an American movie with American talent and all yeah. that stuff. Um,
0: you know, you're absolutely right. We're being we're being in. A, I don't know if it's contradictory or hypocritical, but like. It is weird. It's it's kind of weird because like it, it it's above it it batted way above what it should have. In yeah, some ways, but it also is a disappointment. So like it's, but it's also not. It's memorable. To I think the way you described it is the best. It is a movie which will be remembered by some, and people of future generations will see it. Right. but they won't see yes. it in that. I think, that's, I think that's the perfect, at least for me, that's the perfect way to describe its legacy is that it won't be completely forgotten, but it won't ever, it won't become like a classic that everyone watches. It'll just be a classic that like some people watch. Like a niche audience. Yeah. I don't want to call it a cult classic because yeah. that feels like a different term than what it should be, but it's like a niche classic i guess i don't know what to say i don't know i don't know what the word i'm looking for is but it's not called classic
1: yes i
2: agree
0: but
1: it i mean so i'm trying to trying to just quickly look like why did this movie do as well as it did i think it had um, the marketing was great uh it,
0: it, it, yeah it had
1: some it had very good marketing i to think to be
0: honest the second half that's of part the of film it. is important for that because the movie did have to show some shots from that.
2: Also, the movie. fact that Peter Jackson's himself. name is all over this.
0: And the Peter Jack, I was going to say, yeah, the Peter Jackson. The Hobbit. Yeah. Remember, like, he hadn't done, I mean, he had, yeah, he hadn't done The Hobbit yet, so. Uh,
1: that's ridiculous. He to himself to be a bad director who got lucky. <laughs> um
0: <laughs> completely. <laughs> what a hate maker! Out of <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't actually. But like, that, yeah. But
0: right, the Peter Jackson tag definitely helped. Um, 2009 was also just this weird year. It was po. The, we were going through like this post recession. or recession was still happening, whatever. I don't know. Um, you can tell me you killed the economics, but. Two thousand nine was a pretty huge year um at the box office. Like a lot of movies were big. This was the year <laughs> that we had Paul Blart Mall cop Mall cop make almost hundred and fifty million dollars. We had uh Taken, I believe, make a lot of money. We had Gran Torino, I believe, make a lot of money. So a lot of these like random movies that just like came out of nowhere and made like a huge amount of money. Um I mean Avatar we had Avatar eventually, you know. obviously. Um, up made $300 million which was, seems like not a lot for Pixar film, but at the time it was actually, I believe...
1: I mean, $300 million. I know what I'm
0: saying. So, like, Hangover was this year. Um, so, it was just a relatively... What's amazing is that
2: all those movies you minutes. mentioned are original so, movies. In, That's crazy. Yeah.
0: Oh, I, yeah, this was one of the last... Last I, 2009 was an interesting year. I actually think Admission was. Akil, I can't see it, but I believe admission-wise, 2009 may be the biggest year since 2004 or 07. Oh uh, I, right. I don't think there's We're been close. a year that's had higher admissions of post 2009 since 2009. Um, so, for whatever reason, we I I'm we I, I don't know the full macroeconomics of of everything, but 2009 was just a big year for movies and movie going. Um, And that could be in part what helped. That probably had some side effect on District 9 that it it may not be as. If District 9 was released today, I don't know if it makes $115 million. Um, In fact, I almost guaranteed it makes less than $100 million, I would say, actually.
1: District 9, if it was made today, would either be uh, a miniseries. Uh, shot. For, uh, yeah, I like think, I think that, or it would be.
2: I director. think a Netflix series, which actually no maybe idea. it should have been a Netflix yeah, series to begin with, because
0: I think I mean that's what the sequel. This I guess a yeah. sequel being a series like that if they make a sequel. I would
1: I, I would watch a prequel series for sure. Like I uh, like I I think that the the there's enough like interesting stuff about the world that like, that could be could be interesting.
0: Um, And I remember, Uh, you know, I think uh, there was like a teaser trailer or something, or like the alien getting interviewed that was like that blew up on the internet when it first came out.
1: Yeah, there was there was some viral stuff because again, we talked about Cloverfield, right? Like this was like the the. The viral yeah life. viral internet. every movie yeah, needs to have a yeah. viral marketing campaign well, yeah the, the um, and so like
0: viral mtv mtv movie award was, was during the time well
1: but you know like cloverfield before it was like so much buzz created by that like that weird jj obsession with like nobody knows anything about this movie um yet it's coming out
0: you know what's uh, crazy just this is a side topic back then this is now what 12 years ago it was crazy because it was like we're gonna release this trailer with like very little, like it's gonna be very secretive, and we're not gonna we're not gonna have that much time between the trailer and the movie. Now, people are just like releasing movies like day up and be like, oh, BT Dubs, this movie is out, go watch it. Like, we've
1: got- <laughs> yeah, didn't didn't the Cloverfield paradox didn't they do that? They're like. Add after yeah. the Super Bowl. Oh, by yeah. the way, this movie Dave, exists on it Netflix. Kind of like,
0: oh, look how cool and secretive this marketing is to like, just like, oh, there's no marketing. The movie's just out. You can go watch it. And it's like, wait, what? what? What happened to like the whole movie marketing campaign? Which is in some ways why I think District 9 couldn't be big today because – I don't know if you could pull off the marketing campaign that that late two thousands viral marketing kind of wave allowed films like this to become big. I I I just
1: I I just don't don't. There's no way this movie gets green let for a studio release. Like it just like the yeah. You just, it's you definitely a streaming service a streaming idea service. at this point. Um, if it was done. Um, All right, um, so. Which, yeah, which is like both sad, but also like I think to a certain degree, like there can be more creative freedom on like some of the streaming service stuff. So I think
0: think creative freedom goes both ways sometimes. Sometimes you realize maybe people shouldn't, they end up doing stuff that they maybe wouldn't do and doesn't actually help the story. Um, Yeah, that's true. uh, I want to end though on a positive note um, uh, just to wrap things up Uh, because in some ways we've been as Ben's pointing out we've been both up and down a lot so I want to end on an up note Um, so closing out uh, one by one what is your most memorable or favorite whatever you want to use moment or scene or dialogue or whatever from District 9 and that you'll still take away with you you know even if you don't ever watch it again after this I'll start
2: with that. <laughs> yeah. Um that's a good point. I don't know, because like I'm trying to think of the things that I actually took away from this when I watched it and like what I remembered for many years. And I, I I can't say this one particular moment, but the big moment for me when watching this is like it's it's a little like obvious, but honestly, like when the he's in the mech and he catches the missile at the end of it, I was kind of blown away by that shot just because like I didn't even see yeah I didn't even see the thing there and then his hand just catches yeah. it and I'm like that's that's freaking cool like yeah, that, I remember like oh, yeah, that's no, just yeah. badass that was awesome yeah, no. and it's like it works as a character moment and it, I don't know I just I really like that that part of it so that's probably like the moment where I'm like oh sh-, and I didn't remember it either which is probably bad for an answer to this question but also it was, it was
1: a great surprise for no, me no, you know
0: that's good that yeah, so,
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so I agree with you. I love that scene. Although the thing that bothered me the most about oh, it is why was that guy trying to shoot down the thing?
0: Yeah, who? Okay. <laughs> I know.
1: I mean, if if that's really the only explanation for that, that is just abjectly okay. terrible. Yeah, that the only motivation for this character is that he's yeah. an asshole. <laughs> like that's that's bad. That's bad. Uh, but I agree with you. The visuals of that scene fantastic.
0: Akil, what's yours? Uh, best favorite
1: whatever I, I said at the beginning it's shelter going yeah, around i, being like I mean fucking that, that's my,
0: that actually is my thing but i'll let you have it um that's yeah i think i think there's actually even if you search if, if you're on your phones and you search you know those gif memes whatever on your phones you can actually get that <laughs> that's uh, good and i know that because i've done that before <laughs> um, <laughs> So I, I agree. I think that comedic element is in maybe the end, film's most enduring legacy. For me, it's I'll go with the end. And literally, the I actually still remember the last shot of the film of just like his alien form just oh, like messing around good. with that flower thing. Um, and for me, because tugging because on the heartstrings, what I realize now, I'm like, oh yeah, that's I remember because it, it just reminds me how freaking bleak this movie is. Like the end shot is like a dude who's just like, "Yeah, I'm never gonna be with my wife again because like I'm an alien." How did he get the flower to her doorstep? It's still (laughs) unexplained. Aren't they supposed to be in a concentration camp? I think he. I
2: think he can do it. He He can do it.
0: The only logical reason. he, he must sure. given it to yeah. someone who agreed to put it there, but it's that's that's still that's the only thing that makes sense and that's a stupid explanation.
1: But they're making like a documentary about like the most wanted man right. in the world, right? And like nobody's like looking on his doorstep to like see that like
0: who's well, we're looking for a person, not a not male person. <laughs> like... Akil, you and I both saw this movie together because we literally had this, I just remembered we had this exact conversation right. after the midnight premiere
1: I have no recollection
0: of I, that I know for but a I, fact both, I I, can't I can say I did not happened. think
2: of this at all though
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we did So, but you guys, I, you guys, so okay, for unromantic. various reasons that, last shot at him. Hey, what
2: the shit that he did that with <laughs> that nice gesture <laughs> That tied everything together. That was fucking stupid.
0: That's a good (laughs) summary. That's a good, let's end on that because that is how that's a good summary of Keelan. It it takes someone from the outside to tell us, you know what, you guys are just being assholes about this. Uh, with that, any final words, Akil or Ben, on District 9 or on whatever? No, that
2: was perfect. Uh, I'm, I'm out. Right.
0: With that, thanks for listening. Um, this has been another edition of Two Brand Two Fears and another edition of Retro Drifting. Um, given the current quarantine status is going to last for maybe another month or two months, we may be having more and more of these episodes coming up soon. So check check uh check your local listings. Um until then, we'll see you later. Bye. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. All right. <laughs>